what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Hello, hello. Oh my goodness. So... (laughs) This episode, what was on my heart for it originally was really addressing how to handle when things don't go your way. In this idea that there's no size of a temper tantrum that will change the situation for good. It will just make it so much worse. So I was going to go down that line, that through line, and then... (laughs) Oh man, winter storms hit Texas like no other. I'd been out of power for over 48 hours, water, no water, no internet, wasn't able to to get out and drive, literally snowed, but really the issue was iced in and just simple things that we take for granted every day no longer were available, right? So it completely changed my mind and my perspective as I was meditating on this particular word. So that's sort of the backdrop of what's going on here. But originally, I was in a conversation with one of my best friends. And as we were chatting, I was finding myself almost in the middle of a temper tantrum. Like, have you ever done that? Like you're actually in a conversation and you're recognizing that there's some childish thinking motivating or driving you in the moment, but you can't reverse it. Like it's too far out. Like you can't take it back, right? So I'm in this moment where I'm sitting here thinking like, why am I even making this an issue? Why do I feel the need to explain myself about this? Why, what am I pushing so hard for? What am I driving for? And what actually is going to help, right? Like my brain was not grabbing all of that content, okay? So after the fact, as I was reflecting on how I showed up in that moment, and again, it takes two, but this is a good thought, for any time that you're in conflict with somebody else. I was sitting there after the fact, reflecting on how I showed up and what was actually bothering me or what was on my heart. And what I was finding was that I had been choosing to focus on certain things that were not productive, right? That's why it's so important to take every thought, literally every thought that exalts itself above the truth captive, right? So that It is under the authority of Christ, not over it, right? So anytime there's these thoughts that are not good towards others, that are pushy and forceful, that's not God. That's not love. That's not Holy Spirit inspiring the situation, right? That's something totally different. So I was thinking about what I was thinking about. I was also really considering what desire I felt like was being perhaps unmet, in the context of this relationship and what it is that I actually desired and wasn't addressing. And I wasn't living from faith, 
right? Which totally changes behavior. So when you're motivated and driven by fear, you show up one way. <laughs> you think one way, you express yourself one way, you put energy and motion in one way, you behave one way, right? And when you're motivated by faith, same thing. You think different, you feel different, you act different, okay? So I was really meditating on that. And then I was also taking a look at what was rooted in my heart, maybe something that I needed to repent of, maybe a lie that I'd come into agreement with, like what was bringing the cray out, right? Because whatever is in you will come out of you. And the word says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak, okay? So if it's in you, it will come out of you. So I took a timeout and then I was given a natural timeout, quite literally. <laughs> to really think through and reflect on my side of the fence, right? And what I, the conclusion that I came through, right, is this, there's no tantrum, no matter how big that is actually going to bring about the result that you desire. In fact, it will only push it farther away or perpetuate problems and create a mess, okay? So if you feel the need to have a temper tantrum, give yourself a timeout. This is reparenting yourself, reparenting 101, right? Take that time out because a lot of times you will discover with God, who is very gentle in doing this, whatever it is that is bothering you, you will get to the root of that and you'll be given wisdom to show up differently and to really pour into that relationship, right? We owe man nothing but to love him, okay? So think about that. When you're showing up in your cray, what are you doing, okay? So just some things to to sift through and consider. Hopefully that's some revelation or confirmation for somebody, but I'm going to break this down also, okay? So one of the verses, which was interesting as sleet and snow and all this stuff was coming down, I was trying to snuggle up in my blanket tent or my blanket cave or fort, whatever you want to call it, definitely was bringing out my creative, youthful self. I had this thought, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And I'm like, what in the world? So <laughs> I went and I actually looked up that scripture. It's actually coming from Matthew. I was looking at a portion of it, Matthew 5, 43 to 45. And I'm pulling right now from the Passion Translation. And it says, uh, I say to you, love your enemy, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, and respond to the very ones who persecute you, who persecute, who persecute <laughs> you by praying for them. For that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly father. He is kind to all by bringing the sunrise to warm and rainfall to refresh whether a person does what is good or evil, okay? And there's another verse says, that says too, we shall know them by their fruit. So you can really recognize somebody that is following after Christ, somebody that is uh, following in the steps of Jesus by their fruit, by the fruit of their behavior, their actions, right? You've heard that their actions speak louder than words, right? You can tell, you can see it. There's something about them. There's something in them, literally Holy Spirit in them that causes them to operate differently when they're submitted to the influence of the Holy Spirit, okay? And that's why I say God's vibes matter, right? When you're tuning yourself to the frequency of God, to the mind of Christ, right? To the presence of God. When you're in alignment with the truth, with the word of God, and you're building your life on that, right? 
then you notice different things. You can perceive different things and discern different things, okay? Which actually is incredible when it comes to decision-making and your own influence and setting boundaries and all the things, okay? So with this, I used to struggle with this a bit, right? Because whenever you are being persecuted, that does not feel good. (laughs) Whenever you feel like you are being treated unfairly or unjustly, whenever you are seeing issues or things to easily be offended by that seem to be going on and on and on without no end, it is incredibly frustrating, right? If you choose to engage that because it just feels like this is unjust. God, why aren't you moving? Are you kidding me, right? Like your emotion will really get going, okay? So when you look at this verse and it says, I say to you, love your enemy, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, and respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them, okay? And this is so, so huge because this is not that what is happening isn't right, right? And God sees it all and God knows it all, okay? This isn't that if you, a lot of times forgiveness is connected to this. If you forgive or if you release an offense and choose not to hold that person in a place of punishment and frustration and bitterness, right? When you release that person from owing you something, right? Owing you making it right, owing you making up for that fault, whatever it is. When you release the person of that and you literally turn them over to God, That is a big deal, (laughs) right? Because God is a just God and a righteous God, okay? And he will handle that, but he can't if you're clinging on to it, okay? But why this is important for you is it trains you. It activates your spiritual power, okay? So when you think about this, when you love somebody, then you're not going to let offense. You're not going to let frustration. You're not going to let negativity take root in you because you can't hate and love at the same time, right? Or if you bless somebody, right, that will cause you to shift into blessing, okay? And you don't do it for that, but it'll cause you to shift into that, right? So if somebody is, let's say, cursing you, you recognize that hurt people hurt people, right? And people that are speaking like that obviously don't feel loved and supported and they're they're not walking under the influence of God, right? For somebody to be doing that, that's not what's operating in them in that moment. And we wrestle not with flesh and blood. So it's not allowing yourself to be overcome by emotions, but taking authority over your mind, by taking authority over your emotions, by guarding your heart. This is what it means to guard your heart. A lot of us think that putting a wall up (laughs) is guarding our heart, but that actually blocks us from blessing, from giving and receiving, from the flow of life. That's a mic drop, right? So this is not that at all. But when you bless, right, you keep the flow operating in your own life. When you do something wonderful for the one who hates you, this is like building up immunity. And you want to have super high immunity in these times. You want the best immunity in these times, right? To be able to rebound, to have a resilience factor, right? To be able to shake off the dust and keep it moving, right? You can only do that supernaturally, right? This is not human. (laughs) This is divine, right? That's why you need help to do it, okay? Holy Spirit help, right? Holy Spirit influence. And when you respond by praying for people, 
I know this to be true in my own experience. When you are praying for somebody, you can't be mad at them at the same time. You can't be ruminating on all these things that are bothering you about them. When you pray for them, particularly if you have a prayer language or if you just let Holy Spirit take over and give you the words, it is powerful. It is powerful and it breaks off whatever ties that you have that bind, right? That are not positive. So like a soul tie, so to speak. It'll break that and and keep you and this person in a place where God can work in both of your lives, okay? So it is so, so powerful to, to follow this, particularly in conversations with folks, because here's what's happening. The enemy has a three-part agenda, right? He's coming to kill, he's coming to steal and destroy. And he does not like love, he does not like faith, he does not like bold and courageous humans, especially supernatural ones. He does not like people operating in their authority. So this is you taking the authority that you have when you don't feel like it and following and abiding in the word of God and choosing to operate in it and let God work out the details. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to know how he's going to do it, but you obey. You obey. And when you're praying, God is doing a work in you just as much as he's going to work in that other person. Okay? So, so, so powerful. But that was a huge takeaway from that thought of there's no temper tantrum that will get you what you want. <laughs> or if you're you're having trouble, right? Just figuring out like, how do I handle when things don't go my way? Like, what do I do? Like, this just doesn't feel good, right? This is really, really powerful. This gives us a, not formula, but it gives us keys. It gives us strategy that we can apply in our life to have different outcome. And it is so important to have a pure heart It is so important to be operating in the right spirit and have a mind that is fixed, literally fixed and focused, single-minded, not double-minded, because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So something as small, perhaps, as a a little quarrel or a little uh, conflict can really give the enemy place in your life to work his three-part agenda. So this is how to overcome the the schemes of the enemy. That's what this is. And it also, that part at the end there, that the rain falls on the just or the unjust, it's essentially saying that God is good to, to every person, whether they are showing up and following after him or not. But you get to choose right? You get to choose. And so recognize here that you do have authority. That's what that was really highlighting for me. Now, I do also want to give a couple of verses that are helpful in this transition process of getting to that place of surrender and getting to that place where you can reflect and apply the word of God to your life. I think these are really helpful to do that. So one of them is James 4, 7, submit to God. Submit to God. This is not something that we can analyze or think our way through or just figure out. And it's also not something that we can do in our own strength. So submit to God and then resist the devil, meaning don't take the bait. Don't meditate on his thoughts. Don't meditate on offense. Don't allow that to become a stronghold in your mind or take root in your heart, right? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He only has the power that you allow him to have in your life or the influence you give him to have in your life, okay? Now, 
the work in the reflecting is Romans 12 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, so side note on this, whenever I prayed for wisdom in a connection, right? Because it's really important who you partner with in life, whether that's partnership, business, friendships, whatever. But whenever I've prayed for clarity, like, is this God sent or nah, right? Like, (laughs) what is happening here? God, are you in this? Whenever I've done that, I've been given tests, literally tests in, in experiences or encounters with these people to see what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, right? It's wild how it happens. But I am expecting maybe some sort of confirmation, but usually there's a testing that confirms it, okay? So if that's helpful, there you go. And then James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. So the main thing is, especially when you feel emotions rising or you go into that like overthink mode, monkey mind, right? Humble yourself and submit to God. Basically invite God into the situation, okay? And then a couple of other things. Okay. First Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So cast the anxieties onto him. A lot of times in the casting, literally I am declaring or speaking out what I'm giving to the Lord. The beautiful thing is whatever we give to God, it's an exchange. So when we give him something, he gives us something in return and it's so much better. (laughs) So if we give him a uh, frustration, let's say he gives us a overabundance, right, of peace, right? Or if we give him this anxiety or worry, he usually gives us a strategy and clarity and vision and comfort, right? Like he gives us so much. So keep that in mind. And then also uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 29, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. So a lot of times when we are getting caught up in frustration and struggle, it's because we're operating not under God's yoke, but a different one. And these can be the world's ways or just something that we're accustomed to. But if we come to him, he is the one that gives us the power in our weakness, right? In our frustration, in our anxiety, whatever it is, he is strong, but you've got to be able to come to him and actually get really good at articulating what is happening with you. Just like you would talk with a friend because then you can identify it and be more resourceful or resilient as different tests come because they will come. Okay. they will come to the just and the unjust. These tests will come. All right. So Here's the practical application, okay? When things aren't going your way and you're having trouble dealing with that, here's some things that you can do or really just consider, okay? So recognize too that we all have different struggles that we face. So for example, in this historic winter storm, it's hitting everybody and it's hitting at varying degrees, right? And so the key is, is to get yourself stabilized 
buy whatever means necessary, (laughs) bundle up, like do all the things that you know to do that are practical and creative and ask God for wisdom to do that. And then also count on God to give you supernatural insight as as to how he wants you to operate in this time, right? Because he's with you in the storm and he causes you to walk on water or rise above the storm, okay? Walk on ice in this case. So he will give you wisdom as far as how to handle and manage this experience. The storm is an example, but whatever the storm is in your life, same thing applies. A lot of times, it doesn't have to, but a lot of times it does take a storm to really cause us to actually get to the point a breaking point of finally surrendering where that we can then engage our higher self. We can call on the God within to give us the wisdom, to give us the authority. Holy Spirit will guide and establish our steps. But a lot of times we're so busy operating in our own strength and leaning on our own understanding. It takes something to break or shift us. Okay. It's something that'll get our attention doesn't have to. I do want to highlight that. It does not have to, but a lot of times it does because of how stubborn we can be, okay? So there is a quote too that says, it's not stress that kills us, it's our reaction to it. So a lot of times we react and reaction is everything, okay? It really has consequences, all right? So we want to be able to respond and bear much fruit even when we're pressed, all right? So Here are a couple of ways to manage expectations, to deal with frustration, (laughs) and to really lean in to rise above failure or setback, whatever that may be. It may be relational, it may be natural, uh, it may be in business, whatever it is, here are some steps to take, okay? Number one, take a step back and just evaluate. Literally take the pause. Give yourself a timeout. When I was growing up, we did. We literally had a timeout chair or we'd be sent to our room, (laughs) right? So take advantage of that. Sometimes our like inner child has temper tantrums. So you need to give it a timeout. And in that timeout, now that you're wise and mature, right? Use that time to get with God and get clear so that you're not going to be dealing with consequences that you're not wanting to deal with and that you don't have to. So really get clear on what is the problem? Like what is causing this unrest in your soul? Okay. Are, are you the only one that faces this? Has God been guiding you in some kind of way? How are you operating? Are you trying to control and manipulate or are you operating out of faith and trust and surrender and allowing things to unfold as God said, right? So how is you showing up that way going to impact the relationship, the job, the the future, right? Is that productive or not? Because that just reminds you or gives you so much context and perspective, right? Wisdom comes from passing these tests, okay? There's a sacrifice or a cost for it, okay? So number one, take a step back from whatever is happening. Sometimes you can get so good at this, that even if you're sensing some anger rising up in you, some frustration rising up in you, or just some mixed emotions, you can tell folks that you're not feeling well and that you want to table that conversation and address it later. And it'll either dissolve (laughs) or you'll be able to talk about it from a very neutral place. All right. Number two, 
Vent to God. Vent to God. So if you have to vent, let me preface it with that. If you have to vent, vent to God, but don't let yourself ruminate and linger on any kind of problem or issue. Okay, it's best to do it for, before God because he's not afraid or intimidated by our questions. It's God that knows and tests our hearts. He knows exactly what's going on in our heart. So if you feel frustrated and you need to talk it out and have a session, a therapy session, if you will, go to God. He is the best therapist, coach, the best, right? Sometimes it's helpful to journal this out if you can, but if you can't, talk it out. Like whatever you would feel the need to to say to somebody or if you were actually sitting, sometimes that's helpful. If you actually had, you know, a room that has a chair in it, this is wild, but connect with me here. Turn the chair and face it to you and sit across in the chair and just act like you're having a conversation, right? Like picture God, picture Jesus, picture Holy Spirit, whoever comes to mind for you, having a conversation with you and plead your case, plead your case. And you might actually realize that you sound crazy, (laughs) right? But in that, you'll start to recognize, oh, like I have empathy now because if I were experiencing me this way, maybe I would feel the exact same way. Okay, or maybe you're you're completely valid in what you're feeling and experiencing, but God often will just then guide you to the wisdom, to the strategy, to the comfort that you're needing that you can't get from anybody else. A lot of times we're looking to people or situations or opportunities to be God and they can't. They will fail us every time, particularly if we put more pressure on them to do so. Okay, so go to God and let the venting out. (laughs) And a lot of times I've seen that venting turns into repentance, turns into prayer, turns into praise, turns into a total transformation in like 15 minutes, right? (laughs) It can happen and you can feel crazy, but that's okay. At least you, you come through and you're being transformed and you're equipped now. If any similar situation were to come up, and it probably won't, but if any situation were to come up that would be similar, you would handle it differently. So that same situation wouldn't keep coming up for you. Okay, number three, realize that others are facing their own challenges and struggles and issues too, right? Like sometimes we expect people to have the same hearts that we do. We expect them to think and process the same way that we do. We expect them to really work through their emotions the same way that we do. Or uh, a great example of this is the love languages, right? Like we expect that people are going to want or need or express or all of the things, the same thing that, that they would operate essentially the same way that we do. And they just don't, right? Even an example of male and female, we're wired differently. We operate differently, okay? And particularly when you're not under the influence of faith and the Holy Spirit, (laughs) you can forget that. (laughs) So it's really important to do this behind the scenes work to really be prepared to handle situations differently. But when you recognize that other people are not perfect, that they're human as well, you can let them off the hook. Okay, and you can also take yourself out of victim mode and be more responsible. When you are responsible and you you care for your own inner life, you're able to actually care for others without trying to just pull on them or take things from them, right? Or expect them to change or to do something some kind of way. All right, number four is process your thoughts and emotions. So this is similar and this is often what I do 
particularly if I'm like sad or if I'm frustrated or if I'm um, just overthinking, I can feel when my mind is going like a mile a minute. I journal usually first, but this is all with the intention of leaving better, right? It's getting before God and knowing that he is going to create a shift in me. He's going to transform me in that time that no time with God is wasted and every second is worth it. Even if I have 15 minutes, right? I'm going to get before God. I'm going to journal first so that I can articulate before God what it is that's going on in my heart. And sometimes I don't know, right? Sometimes we just keep going, going, going. We let things build. So journaling is really, really important. Another thing that I have had recommended, but I don't often do this, but you can use the audio, uh, I don't know what it's called, but the audio recorder on your phone and just talk it out and then listen to it back. So then you can think about what you're talking about. Powerful, powerful. Like just like you would listen to any other thing when you can hear what you're saying, super powerful. And it just brings a different layer of accountability into the mix. Like you are showing up that way. You are talking like that. You are thinking like that, right? Then meditate. Sometimes this is the simplest form to just clear the air. You can put on some soaking worship music and you can just lay back and time yourself for like 15 minutes if you have to really fit it in. But just lay back and visualize whatever promise of God that you are forgetting to remember in that moment, that you are craving to be true for you, that you need to be true for you, that you are questioning. Just get that verse and just meditate on it and let God guide you through a meditation. A lot of times I just start it with, God, what would you have me know? I'm willing to see things differently. I'm willing to do my part. Show me what you've got. Just allow him to take you on a guided meditation. He will guide that meditation if you just surrender to it. And then you can also talk to somebody else, of course, as well. So you can, I have a whole advisory board, (laughs) whether it's my own coach or therapist or inner healing specialists and experts, whatever it is, I have a sense now from doing this work for so long of who to call. I go to God first, but then I'm highlighted which avenue to take after that and if that's needed. Because sometimes God will put your strategy in the mouth of somebody else, right? But it'll be confirmed by them, not given by them, okay? So that's another thing that you can do. So key, though, is to process your thoughts and emotions, not to run from them or suppress them. Because they will keep coming up. And it's so important to get to the root of that. A lot of times, too, emotional things are coming, particularly negative emotions, are coming from partnering with lies. Huge. So being able to catch the kingpin lie and repent of it or remove it and replace it. So important to replace it. Then you can really pick up a lot of ground. It'll feel like acceleration once you get that lie out of your life. All right, number five, acknowledge your thoughts. So don't resist them, okay? But just acknowledge your thoughts. Acknowledge what you're thinking about. Number six, give yourself a break. Sometimes we are just so hard on ourselves that we just need a nap. We just need to take a break. We just need to care for ourselves. We need to do something good for ourselves. Sometimes when we're so stressed or we're trying to control things that are out of our control, we take it all out on other people and we just need to give ourselves a break. Number seven, uncover. This is huge. Uncover, kind of like finding a kingpin, but uncover what it is that you're actually upset about. 
I would say at least 90% of the time, this is something that I can control. (laughs) I'm not always upset with another person. It's something that I need to shift. It's my alignment issue. Alignment can do so much more than a temper tantrum ever could, okay? So really uncover the root of whatever that emotion is, the anger, the frustration, the confusion, whatever it is, get to the bottom of that. And I that's why I like to journal and pray it out with God because I can't always find it on my own. So I ask God to highlight it, Holy Spirit, reveal it to me, um, give me clarity on any lie that I'm believing, on any area that I need to repent of and literally turn from or surrender to you, uh, guide this time. And then I'm guided to a word or, you know, a prayer, something. Super powerful. Number eight, see the obstacle as something that you'll overcome. See the obstacle as something you can overcome. I absolutely love this quote by Helen Keller. She says, character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experiences of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, vision cleared, ambition inspired, and success achieved. So whatever you're facing right now, view it and honor it as a worthy endeavor, right? You're going to be so much more hmm, receptive, perceptive. You're going to be strong. You're going to be mature. You're going to grow from this in the best way possible. This is working for your good. When you can see that and recognize that, you will approach it differently, right? How am I going to emerge differently from this? That will help you be willing to sit in emotion because a lot of times that feels uncomfortable. Number nine Analyze the situation, but again, don't do this with your own mind. Do it under the influence of God, but really think through what happened, reflect on it, and focus on actionable steps, okay? So what's the situation? What is stressing you out about it? What are the next steps that'll help you resolve it? And then set a plan of action. So if it's a conversation with somebody, get that scheduled or send them a text or let them know you know, if you have to apologize, whatever it is, get clear on what those steps are and actually follow through on them. And you will have peace. When you actually get clear on what's happening, you're guided and you actually follow through, you will have peace. And a lot of times you won't until you do what you are led to do. Number 10, identify how that situation occurred so it won't occur next time. Were you tired? Were you overworked? Right? Did you not communicate in an effective way? Like what happened here so that that doesn't have to keep happening in your life and there doesn't have to be this negative tone in your relationship or whatever scenario it is. And then number 11, realize the situation. I have uh, 13. (laughs) Realize the situation could be a lot worse, okay? So be grateful that it's not And just realize that it could be a lot worse, no matter how bad it is, right? Realize that. Number 12, do your best, but don't kill yourself over it, okay? So it's too life in general. This is the day the Lord has given us. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, right? Life in general is precious. And we don't want to spend our precious energy being consumed in worry and fear and anxiety and anger and frustration and all of this stuff, right? So take a step back, give yourself a break if you need to, do what you can within your means and release the the rest, right? When you pray, 
God, I'm willing to see this differently. I'm willing to do my part. Like trust that he will change you, that he will guide you and that you'll follow through. And then beyond that, let it go and let God handle it. And I actually release it to God because when you're a leader, for example, you delegate things. So when you delegate it back to God, it's now under his authority and influence. That means you're not going to keep going after it and touching it and making it your own. And then lastly, number 13, pick out the learning points from the encounter. Okay, so I like to milk things for all they're worth, right? (laughs) And absorb all of the meaning that I can so that I can really apply it and integrate it into my life as practical wisdom, right? So really reflect on what you learned from this situation, what lessons that you've taken away so that you can actually own them. You can actually carry them with you. And then also, I do this with encounters with God. What are my takeaways from that? What is God teaching me even in this season? What uh, works of the... I'm sorry, what fruit of the spirit is he really highlighting in my life? Where do I have a tendency of getting it twisted, of of really falling out of alignment? Where do I need to be stronger or growing? And sometimes I go into fasting and prayer to really get clear if it's still not clear for me, but you will become stronger, wiser, right? More spiritually attuned and aligned when you really work these things out in your situation. But one of the things that is most helpful as a bonus, when things don't go your way, don't make it, don't glorify, or don't put the situation, the person, the problem on the throne. Make sure that you set God back on the throne. That's usually where we really can create a lot of mess if we're not careful. Because That could look like pointing fingers and blaming and venting and being a victim. No, when you are radically responsible for your life, you rise up and you use your authority. You rise up and you use your authority. There is, I think it's Mark Twain, pretty sure, like 99.9% sure it's Mark Twain. But he says that there's two days that really matter in your life, right? The day that you're born and the day that you realize why. But I would also like to say the day that you actually step out on your why, (laughs) right? Like it's one thing to know your identity in Christ. It's another thing to actually have an awareness of your authority. But if you never use it, what a waste. You can know who you are and you can know what your purpose is or your call or your assignment in that season, but never step into it. Nah, man, like that ain't you. If you're here, that ain't you. So this is all about being radically responsible so that you can actually step into greater grace, greater glory and have and enjoy your life. You don't have to be stressed out. You don't have to be frustrated. You don't have to be overwhelmed. You can call on your spiritual resources and you can walk in them. And that's how folks will know who your father is. That's how people will see who you're connected to. That's what will give people a really clear visual of whose influence you're under, okay? So I hope this is helpful. I know that we are in very interesting and trying times. It can be tiring, it can be exhausting, it can feel hopeless, but hang on to hope, it gets better. God is good and he's working all things for good. All right, guys, I hope you benefited truly from this episode and that you got a lot of revelation, perhaps some confirmation. 
And I'd love to hear from you. So if you haven't, I'd appreciate it so much if you would follow this podcast, if you leave some comments. You can also connect with me over at julianapage.com. I do have a self-mastery course. So speaking of radical responsibility, this is a six-week course that is self-paced. You can fit it into your life right now. There are coaching programs because, man, do we need some help (laughs) closing the gap in our life and really having that accountability in our life. So check those out if you're looking for a professional life coach to work with. It is my absolute passion. I love to serve in that way. There are also the God's Vibes Matter books. They're all different. Anything from reclaiming your spiritual authority, a devotional to really help you in your time with God, and another book about co-laboring with God and really partnering with God around his promises and what he wants to do in your life. So go check out julianapage.com. And until next time, guys, stay blessed.